Hello, and welcome to the Brookwood and Avalon Life of the Mind podcast. I'm Sherry Walsh, Assistant Head of Brookwood, and I'm here today to talk a little bit about upper school exams. We're in a period right now where um, we gave exams about a month ago uh, for, as midterms, and we're ready to talk a little bit about what our motivations have been and um, what we hoped our students would accomplish, what our students have accomplished um, on those midterms, and sort of what it all means. The impetus for this podcast is the trend away from giving exams that we noticed before COVID, but that COVID definitely accelerated in the wider world. Exams are complicated by students needing extra time, for which there are a number of remedies, uh, and by the stress of the exam itself, as well as the role of testing as a good measure of how students are doing, as opposed to some other kind of assessment, like a project or a paper. We continue to give exams at Brookwood, and we accommodate extra time needs. Our thinking is that it's valuable for students to have an opportunity to reinforce and synthesize what they've learned over the semester. So listen in as I talk a little bit to Shannon Garvey, to Liz Eames, and to David Bowes and their various approaches, goals, motivations um, to the exam process. Thanks. I'm here with David Bose, theology chair and college counselor, to talk a little bit about exams as he sees them, perhaps um, in a variety from a variety of angles. Right, as um, as a high school teacher, as um, somebody interested in the um, the development of students from a religious perspective, and I guess all perspectives around here are religious perspectives, but from an explicitly religious perspective, and, uh, and then also being interested in the college process. Um, when you give an exam, what, what goals do you have? What do you hope to accomplish? So I think we'll, we'll start first with like the practical, pragmatic college uh, goal, sure. which is preparing students for uh, an exam-type experience that they will have in college, mm -hmm. where they will be asked um, to present their knowledge uh, on basically the entire course in a yeah. final exam yeah. or in the case of a midterm, a big portion of the course. Uh, so making sure that they are comfortable um, with that kind of assessment. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's that's one thing. Yeah, personal anecdote. Um, when I was in high school, the rule was, I, was I, went to, I went to public school, and the rule was that if you had an A in the class, you didn't have to take the exam. I didn't take an exam until college. And <laughs> uh, and as a result, I um, was surprised. Like yeah. I, I mean, I did it, but it, was, it would have been better had I been compelled to take exams along the way. Um, I know some people talk about taking exams even younger than we give them mm. um, as um, a way of just kind of like exam training in yeah. in that regard I'm um, just to sort of get them used to what it's like yeah yeah so I had a different experience in high school where we had midterms and finals and uh when you, you went to Catholic school I did I went to a Catholic uh, college prep school and by the time I got to college like final exams were no big deal in uh -huh. fact like final exam week was my favorite week of college just as an aside because yeah you just kind of like have fun and then mm -hmm. do some studying yeah and and then also one one one, I think, benefit of these exams, if we're, if hopefully all things working out as they should, it's a chance, it's actually a very enjoyable experience to take an exam. I know that sounds crazy, but I remember my comprehensive exams in college uh, in philosophy at Catholic University, and then my comprehensive exams at Christendom for my master's were a lot of fun, because uh -huh. you actually get to, you realize just how much you know, and how <laughs> much you've learned. And being able to actually put that out. I mean, it was a lot of work for, for Catholic U. It was three days, like three or four hours a day. So it was taxing, kind of like, and draining. 
but not draining emotionally. It was mm-hmm. I, you. I came out of the exams actually pretty excited because uh-huh. I was like, "Wow, like I know philosophy," uh, and this whole time wasn't in vain. Like I can right. actually speak intelligently right. on. Right, various forced, matters being of being forced to synthesize that yeah. information so not just like um accruing the information but the actual experience of the exam is a place to synthesize that information um and i mean it may also be that you made new connections mm-hmm. while you were taking those exams i don't know if that's the case or not and maybe you knew it and you were just yeah. like setting it down uh, but um but i know that when i design an exam mm-hmm. i i hope that students realize new um, connections when they study and realize new connections in the room yeah, yeah, and I think like the, it becomes that sense of accomplishment, but also that sense of love of learning. Yeah, that we're trying to engender, and um, so that so like the practical prepping for college, but also segueing into like the beneficial and like in the more practical practical in the sense of like the practice of virtue and the practice yeah. of like the, the pursuit of intellect of mm-hmm. the intellect, um, where it becomes an exercise that is enjoyable for its own sake in the demonstration and in the coming to know deeper truths and so Mm -hmm. one way one thing we do in the in the theology curriculum is we do um oral exams which um i think i'm one of the few teachers in the school that does that and those are so the and those are really nice because the student has to basically be able to explain some various aspect of the faith Mm -hmm. uh to someone and sometimes i'll play devil's advocate and i'll bring out like contrary positions Mm -hmm. and try and just push them yeah and in that one, it's very nice because they don't just regurgitate information, but I will kind of throw curveballs, throw mm-hmm. various questions to help them make the connections yeah. to see deeper. Yeah. Uh, and so in the theology senior class, the apologetics class, it's really, it gives them, you know, a way to come to a deeper understanding of what we believe, but also gives them practice right. in you go to college, your roommate doesn't believe and is like, but is interested and has mm-hmm. some questions. And it's like, right. you're able to think of you on your feet and... Mm-hmm. Even if you haven't prepared an answer to every question they might have, yeah. you have the basis. And with me asking mm-hmm. various questions, you're then able to think through things in yeah. a new way. Yeah. So there's that benefit as well. Yeah. I mean, I think a little bit when you talk about the oral exam and how it works of like the necessity that you have a good relationship with the students mm-hmm. um, so that they don't just freeze up and die. Right. So mm-hmm. they um, instead they, they perhaps um, I know that you have a, a fairly playful ethos in the classroom <laughs> throwing the markers or whatever. Um, and uh, and so, I mean, I think to some degree it can be um, it's kind of a it's kind of a game. Right. Mm-hmm. That um, here comes an idea. This is what I'll say. This is how I turn it. And um, and they so I think that the relationship um, in the classroom um, mm-hmm. overall is really important. And then um, the confidence of the student and certainly by the time they're in 12th grade yeah. um, in, in sort of an apologetics situation they're um, they're able to pivot and come mm-hmm. up with um, with new with new ideas and um, with putting together ideas in new ways and I would guess that for the younger students it's kind of training for what happens with the older students a counter argument would be that um, you know why is it so high stakes like so if this is kind mm-hmm. of like a think on your feet and do this exercise um, I can see how a um, how a more how a sort of comprehensive semester exam mm-hmm. um, would be sort of a high stakes event um, what's the what's the thinking in having? I can also think of an argument in addition to this counter argument. Mm-hmm. But what would be the um, what would be the reason to do that as the exam? Well, I think you know because I, I mean you you know how grading works for the quarters. There's so many opportunities for yeah. students to you know make up points, do things like that, and so you can sometimes 
a quarter grade doesn't always reflect the knowledge the student has, the mastery oh, the student yeah. has of the material. Whereas having this kind of exam is kind of, in a sense, uh, uh, a way of a student showing mm-hmm. the mastery of the craft. Yeah. Whereas, um, oh, that's true. I, I can think like yeah. let's. I mean, let's use like an example. So, like, you're, a friend of mine is doing, like, woodworking courses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you take, like, a woodworking course and you, like, learn how to build, like, a chair or something like that. And you might do really well with the, the master's guidance and all that stuff. And then yeah. it's like, well, how do I know you've mastered what I've taught you? Well, mm-hmm. you have to make a chair and I'm right. going to sit in it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, if I sit in it and it falls, then you obviously... Right, you have might have You might have yeah. been, like, aware and paying attention, and, uh-huh. but you, you didn't master the craft. Yeah. And so... There has, there has, I think having that kind of exam high stakes kind of gives students a, a desire and, uh, and, and yeah. a kind of a push to say, mm-hmm. no, like, sh- demonstrate yeah. your, how much you know mm-hmm. of this craft. Right. And it does separate the, um, the, the skills. Mm-hmm. So a student who is maybe, um, who struggles with executive functioning in various mm-hmm. ways, um, would be laid on a paper, um, but would be, you know, in this moment, you've got the student, you can mm-hmm. talk to the student. And, um, and so it's not, it's, it's, um, it is testing the student's preparedness, mm-hmm. but it's not testing like a lot of other skills other than like, um, being like understanding the ideas, being able to talk intelligently about yeah. the ideas, and being able to listen and have a kind of um, a kind of dialogue about yeah. the materials. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I I think like you know we're just accustomed in this in the modern culture to just get like what we want, and there's not really an under like there's not always kind of a there's like this this desire for like equal results for everyone. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think that's just, that's not beneficial for the full education of the person. Right. Uh, in terms of like what we really care about, which is helping students advance in the virtues, both right. the intellectual and the moral. Mm-hmm. And having kind of a high stakes exam um, is helps them really see like where like how much they've actually known mm-hmm. have they taken advantage of the opportunity right. and like if they haven't well the reason why we have like you know an exam week and studies study halls and stuff like that is so that okay i can i can fix this like mm-hmm. it's not too late i can fix right. this and they have that kind of opportunity to really dial in on mastering mm-hmm. the craft before the exam yeah uh, and so I, I would say like that's a thing where it's like and I know as the college counselor, I know everyone's always worried about grades and like consumed with like, you know, the, that, but, um, grades aren't necessarily, aren't the most important thing if those grades don't correspond to a student's mastery. Sure. And the final exam, I think helps yeah. properly show mm-hmm. what the again has the student mastered the craft or yeah. to what to what level has no, the student mastered great. the craft yeah i mean a lot of um more progressive institutions um are going to um, mastery grading as a um as a, as a way of of grading and i think that this is a nice kind of compromise mm-hmm. where here's a different kind I, I think like we do the best when we have lots of different kinds of assessments yeah. and so here is an, an exam you know qua exam is a different kind of assessment uh, just by the way that it's set up but then also the 
oral exam is a, you know, a further different kind of exam and a different kind of assessment that helps students to put material together in a different way and to show um, their, their progress and what they can do with it as well. Anything else that you want to add? Uh, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of <laughs> final exams and midterm exams. And, and yeah. I think they're, you know, they, they might be a bitter pill to swallow sometimes, but they, when taken rightly, they are a, a reminder uh, to continue pursuing excellence. Great. Thank you so much, David. I appreciate it. So I'm here with Shannon Garvey, who teaches um, AP Biology as well as some middle school science. And um, she has some ideas about the value of exams in AP Bio. Hi, thank you, Sherry. Yes, I give a mid-year exam to the AP Biology class, and I do that to prepare them for the College Board AP exam in May. By January, we have learned half of the material in the course. So it's a condensed version of the AP exam because it includes the multiple choice questions mm-hmm. as well as the free response questions. And the, I would imagine that the somewhat like healthily pressured environment of the exam um, sort of sets them up for the feeling of the AP exam. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So it's direct preparation in that way for another exam. Um, are there other um, educational goals that are met? Yes, by, certainly uh, the there exam are. Itself? Certainly, yes. Um, The exam is cumulative, so it gives the students an opportunity to take smaller topics and scaffold them um, to create these larger concepts, and the idea is to build um, enduring understanding of the big ideas, especially in the AP course, the big ideas of evolution, energetics, information storage and transmission, Mm -hmm. and those come from the content that supports them. Yeah, so does the test um, give them examples of of different principles, or are they being tested on the principles themselves? It does give examples of the principles so that they can apply them. For example, there might be a free response question where they're given a a set of data, Mm -hmm. and they have to analyze that data. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of remember this from the 2020 um, AP biology exam, like the nationwide debacle surrounding like yes. the, yeah. the parental submissions mm-hmm. about the CRISPR. Uh, but the um, but I, I think that um, that in in our environment, of course, um, the use of the exam um, gives the students perhaps a way to in real time. Um, and alone, right, to synthesize the material and to see what they can do. We do a lot where the students collaborate with each other, and then the exam would be a way to see what the individual student knows and can do with that knowledge um, in kind of a, um, in real time, right? So in like a timed situation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So they're able to use the concepts they've learned, so it's not only learning definitions of something, but be able, being able to apply them in a set of data that's given to them or a certain situation. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to um, like um, our local school district, Mm -hmm. they don't do exams anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would you say to a parent maybe coming from the local public school district who who has questions about either the pressure of the environment uh, or maybe the timed nature of the exam? Okay, I think there, I would say there's definitely value first in, like we said, connecting the concepts the students have learned Mm -hmm. during the year and rather than just studying separate topics. So Mm -hmm. they're connecting those concepts. But in addition, I think the exams help students in high school to prepare for college semester exams. Right. Not only are they 
are responsible for organizing their material, but organizing their time as mm-hmm. they study for these exams to yeah. make sure that they are studying the reviewing as well as getting enough rest so that they can perform well. When yeah, they yeah, that's good. That makes sense too. As sort of like, a, how will I do it? Um, when I don't have the safety of the home environment, mm-hmm. right? Like encouraging me to, to set up my exam properly and, and those sorts of things. Yeah, I think we occupy a really interesting space too as a school that is mostly college prep. I mean, not entirely college prep, but mostly yeah. college prep. Mm-hmm. And here you are teaching an AP course, um, you know, for which almost everybody, especially in AP Bio, almost everybody takes the exam. Exactly. Uh, so mm-hmm. you have, I mean, there's sort of this college focus and funneling that happens. But it seems like there's, um, that even thinking like not in terms of college prep, just sort mm-hmm. of learning as much as you can, that the exams have a kind of value yes. in, um, in creating that, um, that environment, again, of kind of a healthy pressure um, to, to synthesize. Do you find that students give you feedback on the exam about like stuff they realized that they didn't know before or anything else that they, well, that they come away with? A little bit. I mean, something simple like connecting right we learn in our at the beginning of the year when we do biomolecules we learn about the structure of proteins and then we build on that we learn about enzymes as biological catalysts and they have to connect that the enzymes are proteins so they Mm. have that primary structure and secondary structure and tertiary Mm -hmm. structure um, and that structure determines function so if they can't make that first connection Mm. then they might get stuck yeah that has come up yeah yeah Good. That, I mean, I think that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I know in English, I always have as a goal for the students to walk away from the exam, even if they've prepared an essay question, mm-hmm. to walk away from the exam having, um, having thought about the ideas in some new way or having combined the ideas in some new way. And so, like, for me, that's a win when actual education is happening, like, in the exam. And I would think, too, that the free response questions with the um, – the examples would give students a chance to really think about something that they hadn't maybe considered on its own. Yeah. I think so. And they're given the opportunity to, to not only to analyze, but to apply some of the mathematical formulas mm-hmm. when they're giving some statistical data. Yeah. How is this better than a project? I think they are... Um, they will, it will make them more responsible mm-hmm. for everything that they've learned. Whereas yeah. some projects are focused mostly on a specific topic. In, mm-hmm. my, in my class, we do a project on the cell cycle. Mm-hmm. Okay? But if they're asked a free response question on how um, maybe an implication of the cell cycle or the cell cycle um, that has not, it's not regulated, mm-hmm. how does that affect? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so I think it's more broad than yeah. just a specific. Good, yeah, yeah. That makes project. sense to me. Yeah. Um, and it's a different answer from the one that I had in my head. So that's okay. interesting too. You know, that okay. it's um, that for me. I mean, I think that um, often projects have an element of self-design, um, and so the students are pursuing what they want to pursue often in the way that they want to pursue it. And there's a lot of value to that, but it is not the only thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, as you talk about sort of the general and the specific, um, I think that is um, that that answer corresponds um, with with my answer, which is also about um, kind of submitting to a question that's given to you by somebody else instead of always pursuing your own thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anything else that you want to add? Um that's it. I do just add that I see value in giving the midterm and exams yeah. and that my students have uh, given me pretty good feedback mm-hmm. and 
most of them, if they are prepared and they have studied in increments, we, mm-hmm. we take time right. to study and review the material, mm-hmm. not just, of course, not just the night before. Right. So if they are prepared, mm-hmm. they will do well and they can see it. If, I start, if they start early mm-hmm. and they review one day at a time yeah. and try to chunk it and right. then build it, they're mm-hmm. able to be successful on yeah. the exam. Yeah, and so that's I a great it skill. it does teach a little bit of time management. Yeah, and I mean, that seems like a skill that, um, that students of this age especially need. Okay. So yeah, thanks, Shannon. All right, thank you very much, Sherry. <laughs> I'm here with Liz Eames, who is an upper school English teacher, um, like me, and um, is also the fourth grade teacher. And um, she also has some thoughts about the value of exams in her classroom. I know as an English teacher, one of the things that I'm especially interested in is the new connection students can actually make on the exam. I don't know if that's a good jumping off place for you, if you'd like to start someplace else. I think that's the perfect jumping off point. I totally agree. I think exams give students an opportunity not to look at their readings as siloed experiences. Mm. I'm in this novel now, I know what I know, I forget about it and move on. But rather to find those sort of cross connections uh, throughout their readings and to become a little bit more aware of, you know, how books have been written over time, how Mm. one influences another, how Mm -hmm. styles evolve and change. So I think it gives them a tremendous amount of confidence to be able to draw connections like that. And they might do it intuitively in conversation, but actually to have to sit down and do it in a testing setting gives them the opportunity to sort of elevate how they perceive Mm -hmm. their relationship with what they're reading. Oh, that's great. I mean, I often, in English 9 and English 10, where I have books that are more or less from the same time period as each other, I'll use a cross-cutting theme to produce an essay question. But it sounds like you're doing something that's more interesting and complicated, thinking about how the works affect each other. We do that especially with the seniors, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And without blowing future questions, (laughs) they're listening to the podcast. We, um, We start the senior world lit with Jane Eyre and talk a lot about the Gothic novel. And then we do a big jump forward and read Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca and have these great conversations about the influence of Gothic literature on more modern literature. Mm-hmm. So yes, um, we, we try to do that. I hope we do it well. Yeah, that's very cool. I think you could also, you could go back and pick up Frankenstein if you want. I mean, since they it comes it, up, since it comes up in conversation. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. it's one of their favorites. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Um, so on the, um, on the upper school English exams, do you find yourself giving mostly essay questions? The, it's a mixed format, um, uh-huh. in part to accommodate different learning styles and to kind of keep down the pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do short answer and then also the longer essays. So they have an opportunity to give more robust, more you know yeah. detailed responses, but then also to make some simple connections, apply their critical thinking kind of quickly, mm-hmm. and then move on to, to another set of questions. Yeah, so it sounds like a good way to not only synthesize um, their experience of reading various content, um, but also to um, sort of reinforce um, their skills in real time. Exactly. And so that seems like a that seems like a great way to do it. Um, do you have trouble with students needing extra time? I don't think so. I think the accommodations that are in place have been working very well for the students who need it, mm-hmm. and those who've been timed or untimed tend to perform you know, at the expected level and yeah. in, in line with what they've been doing before. So it doesn't seem to throw anyone off too much. Mm-hmm. And it does give them a chance, again, I think, to build confidence and say, look at everything I've done. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I really like actually the way that we handle the time with the idea that the exam is um, 75 minutes, planned for 75 minutes, but the students have 90. Um, and that way there's a little bit of universal extra time so everybody can can do a little bit more, uh, but then there are accommodations for students who especially need it. And I think that that's a nice balance. I've taught at a school where everybody got double time and it made exams last forever. Sure. Um, and and, I'm, and it sort of, I mean, there's something to be said for needing to put the information together fairly quickly, um, not having kind of the leisure in this particular instance to mull it over. Mm -hmm. um, there are lots of other times to mull it over. I totally um, agree. I think it's, I'm a big proponent of timed writing, mm -hmm. um, particularly for the students who do get anxious about mm about the act of writing, yeah. right? It takes away the ability to procrastinate. Mm -hmm. It gives them a track to run on when you have a good question. Right. And then it fuels them to say, look, I was able to do this. Yeah. And now I can do it again, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think the more you train that skill, the stronger you get, whether you're inclined to enjoy writing, you know, written yeah. communication or not, I think it's, it's a great skill builder. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like something that, um, makes sense given our semi-college preparatory mission, right? So for a student who's preparing for college, having that environment certainly um, prepares them for having a similar environment in, in college. Um, but for a student who's maybe not going to college, the uh, or I mean is on a different track that will uh, allow for different kinds of writing experiences. Um, it seems like there's the opportunity there too to learn some skills that would be you know, portable to other areas of life. Yes, I absolutely agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that notion of writing, not just for college prep, I think we do it very well in that, mm -hmm. you know, area, but it's extremely important to tell all of our students that writing as a form of expression, writing as a form of healing even, yeah. is, is a gift that we have. And we're mm -hmm. giving them the skills, but we're also giving them the opportunity and the confidence to turn to writing mm -hmm. when they need to find this way of communicating that speech just doesn't allow. Yeah, excellent. And then thinking about, um, I mean, so often in, in class, um, I'll assign like a free write about something and some of the students will look at the, look at the ceiling <laughs> and I'll say, no, no, we're going to write by writing. And, um, and they kind of look at me like, why are you being a smart aleck, Mrs. Walsh? Uh, but I, um, but I really, I think that a lot of students think that they, um, that they can sort of write by, or they can, um, yeah, they can write by thinking, um, and, forcing them to put the words on the page is um is really important yes. um and you know causes like it's going to be this word not that word it's going to be this word not that word over and over again mm -hmm. it causes um them to sort of form a thought they can always form another thought later um, but it, it causes them to to have to stay with an idea longer and i can see that happening on the exams as well yes yeah so um, how is an exam different and maybe maybe better, maybe not better, I mean, but maybe better at midterm and final uh, than like a project or something like that? I think it's particularly good at midterm mm -hmm. because it, it solves a few problems that, that high schoolers have, you know, and one of them is that universal, like, why am I doing this? I'll never need this. Right, right. right. <laughs> Which we all fall into, but... I think it helps them to say, oh, all of this work I put in is going somewhere mm -hmm. and I can use it to draw connections mm -hmm. and I can 
you know, like you said, follow that thought and yeah. articulate it. So it almost gives a purpose or at least a, yeah. an end point mm-hmm. to the work that we have been doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm always stressing to the students that, um, you know, in their introductions that they need to establish exigence because, of course, this is not a hollow academic exercise, but a very important expression that you're making here. And um, and we laugh about that a little bit as they as they try to, you know, to find, you know, a real reason and purpose for what they're putting together. But it sounds like your exam is operating that way as well, uh, that there's a kind of um, further purpose or there's a value to what they're able to put together when they're thinking about the way that the works relate to each other exactly. in, a, in a broader way. Exactly. And, and my aim is that then from that point where we've sort of organized all of our thoughts up to this point as we lead into the second half of the year, mm-hmm. those connections are fresh yeah. and we can expand upon them yeah. you know, towards the final. Yeah, that's great. Is there um, anything else that you would add about the final exam as being particularly valuable? I think from a capstone point of view, Uh it's valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Particularly for the seniors, right? They can look back and say sort of, this is the body of work that I have done for this class. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, I've given a presentation. Yes, I've written a paper. Uh, but here on the exam, you know, in the moment, I was able to draw those connections. And then mm-hmm. there's that confidence, right? If I'm going to college, if I'm going somewhere else, right. I have these things now sort of in my arsenal mm-hmm. of, of thoughts and associations. And I think that that's a very powerful thing to walk away from the class having. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think, a, a good goal um, also in a class that's mixed um, with people who are going to college and people who are maybe not immediately going to college, um, that they, they walk away having, you know, really feeling that they've learned mm-hmm. um, what's been taught and, um, and that they have a, a way of expressing it. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that idea of mastery. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the confidence it brings, I think, yeah. is, is really important and how I would like them to approach this. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting, too. I mean, as, um, as a lot of independent schools move towards sort of mastery grading, um, it seems like, like they're interested in the project as um, like the, the student-initiated, student-designed project as the way to establish mastery. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this is a very different thing, right, where you have to answer somebody else's question. And I mean, I think there's a value to that. I think there's, I, I, certainly, I think there's a value to the project that the student has designed and carries out. I mean, for all kinds of reasons, some of them very practical. That's how you operate in the larger world um, to some degree. And, um, and then also just in terms of like producing great work, like you're, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're passionate about it, you're going to produce great work. Uh, but the exam, by taking somebody else's question and figuring out how you buy in, and, uh, and what you have to offer in response to that is a different kind of like conversation. Mm-hmm. I guess it's less monologic, uh, more dialogic right. uh, with, the, uh, with the exam and with um, some of the, the purposes of the class. Right. Yeah. And I think sort of to prepare again for the expectations that are coming in college yeah. and career. Mm-hmm. I think having facility in both of those spaces, the individual-led or the you know, response to a question or a standard, mm-hmm. right? These are these are good skills to have across the board. Yeah, yeah. Anything else that you want to add? I don't think so. Okay. Well, <laughs> I will. Oh no, I will. Okay. <laughs> I will add one thing. Um, I liked what you said about passion for the projects, mm-hmm. and and I I hope that even in these more traditional measures that we build, mm-hmm. we're keeping the passion for this this project of loving literature and yeah. of developing a confidence and a clarity in our communication. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, thanks. I think about that a lot too. Like I gave a poetry test today, poetry test, right? You know, I'm thinking about that and, um, and, um, and thinking about the students putting together what they know and how they're able to apply it and, um, and trying not to, you know, quash their love for poetry, but give them the tools to read it more deeply and, and you know, and love it more fully, appreciate it um, to a greater degree. And it sounds like that's what you've got going on in your exams. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> that's the aim. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Life of the Mind podcast from Brookwood and Avalon Schools. I'm Sherry Walsh here in this exam episode with Shannon Garvey, Liz Eames, and David Bowes. Our producer is Quentin Walsh. Our theme music is by Fabian Tell. Views expressed are the participants' own.